Honey, you promised you would take the kids to the zoo today. <laughs> when are you going to mow the lawn? Your parents are coming over and you're not even dressed. You promised you were going to leave your wife for me. Don't let this happen to you. Everybody's working for the weekend, but your family and friends are always ruining your days off. Introducing football season, the best way to drown out the ones you love. Watch grown men run into each other head first. Marvel as overweight men chase a bouncing ball. Let the gladiators of today help you disconnect from the worries of the modern world. Get your 2018 college and pro football seasons today and we'll throw in the Sinner and the Saints tailgate show. Presented by Frost Brewed Coors Light for free. That's right, you'll get two football leagues. Luke Anderson. If you were at the gym and you saw Myers Leonard pull up in a Prius, met him at the swimming pool, but you didn't have really have a chance to talk to him because he kind of dismisses of you would you leave your name and number in his uh, windshield will darkens like, i want to see more of the man bag the alligator skin man and bag. two hours you'll never get back every saturday morning for one low price just turn your dial to 1080 the fan chainsaw and elvis means it's saturday I love that chainsaw sound coming in the end. We need to add that to all things that we do. Everything? Gets me fired up. Yeah. Like you come into work, start a chainsaw. Or we you could have home, a... You walk in the home, the kids are all excited to see you, fire up a chainsaw. We could have a segment called Luke's Ripping It. Yeah, we where, could do that. Where you just go all Will Kane on us and... Decide to just tear into somebody. Oh, get the chainsaw out. I'll tell you what the chainsaw's got me fired up for today. Oh. Timbers soccer. No. No? It's lit. No, it's not. No. You're not uh you're not excited about the Timbers championship? No, I could care less. Christ. I seriously could care less about that. I I I'm I am not gonna hold back how much I find Portland Timbers soccer to be absolutely inert and useless. Inert? Yes. It does oh. not serve a purpose. And the reason I'm saying this is because Go ahead. Go ahead. it's proactive. Because once baseball gets here, those same people that go to soccer games <laughs> will go to baseball games. And they will quit going to soccer games. I See, I disagree. The, okay. the, the, because I think that there's a, the people that love the Portland Timbers almost do it despite that attitude. I think they will I think they will ramp up their support of the Timbers. Wow. Cuz they're the same people that are exhausting sports fans uh that exist in this city and cheer just because it's not college football. They love the Timbers because it's not the NFL. They love it because it's not the Blazers. They love the Timbers because they're the Timbers and they're playing for their second championship. That doesn't have you excited for a parade coming through the streets of Portland? Dude, that parade was such weak sauce in 2015. It was. It was such weak sauce. Seriously. It was. It was so weak. It was a bunch of people who were at work, looked outside, realized there was a parade and went, I think I'm going to take a uh, unpaid 15-minute break and go watch that parade. That gives me a perfectly good excuse to step out of work. Sure. I will admit I've watched zero minutes and zero seconds of Timber soccer this what? year. Here is why I'm excited about Luke, the change. You're a sports radio host. You should. It doesn't matter if you like it or not. You should be keeping <laughs> up with sports. It's your job. Here they are in the finals, and I'm excited. I won't say that I haven't been following them. I understand that the game against uh, the Sounders was electrifying. 
they had quite the battle against Sporting Kansas City. Here's the other problem with soccer. How dumb are the names? Seattle Sounders I'm fine with. Portland Timbers I'm fine with. They're playing Atlanta United or United FC, Southland, Atlanta, whatever they are. There are some terrible names in soccer. Can we stop with the Real Salt Lake? Really? Why do they call it Real? It's a European name, I guess, because you have uh, Real Madrid. Well, what's up with that? Because this is America. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. So I will admit that the Timbers have a much better name than Atlanta United or United Atlanta or whatever the hell they're called. But here's why I'm excited about the championship game. Mm. Do you know how the scoring works for this game? Uh, is it round robin? <laughs> is it? It's round robin, it's right? Not ra- oh. No, round robin is when there's multiple teams and everybody plays everybody. Right, that's, of course. That's like the first round of the of the World Cup. Right, right? I was testing you. They do round robin. No, yeah. no, no. I've done my research oh, on good, it. Oh, good, good. Okay, so do you know how the scoring is done for the championship game for MLS soccer? Please inform me. The team with the most goals at the end wins. Oh, well, great. That's fantastic. Well, isn't that the same thing? No. Well, in previous rounds, they have aggregate scoring. They have road goals have more value than, uh, than home goals. They have all of these stupid things built in. This game is the winner take all one night only. If you score more points, you win the thing. Dude, I, I am putting it out there right now. No way the Superdome gets even half full. The Mercedes-Benz. Yeah, whatever. Well, I did research on that, too, because everybody's talking about how they're going to sell 80,000 seats to this game. Yeah, I'm sure they'll sell 80,000. No, will 80,000 people actually get in there? No. What Would you like to know what Atlanta FC United's uh, an average attendance Pub. is? What? 53,000 this year. Great. I, that's that, that's in, that to that me means nothing to me nothing really? no compared to like we build twenty three thousand seat stadiums for MLS soccer in this country. I'm just telling you, man. If you if you have followed the MLS this year, which I have very 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 lightly, and it's been on Twitter as have I. I haven't tried to follow it, but it happens oh, to just come at me on Twitter. It forces its way into your life, dude. They'll be halfway through a match, and there are pictures, and you can see just whole grandstands empty. Well, sure. Like, well, like around the country. Like, it is a failing league right now. I know that the, the whatever center gelled win or Providence Park or whatever, I know that thing fills up because this is a very different market. It is. It's unique. A lot of people go to soccer games. They just do. But if you look across the entire league, that that league is not doing well. The Timbers themselves aren't doing extremely well in terms of financing because they have to take buses to regional games. Aren't they you a get professional to take buses. They get to take buses. I'm sure they're nice buses. You and I took a bus down to Eugene earlier this year to check out when we became the home of the Ducks. We had to go check out the Marcus Mariota Center, the shrine that they built to their only Heisman Trophy winner, which is insane. That thing is pretty but that was a nice Pretty bus. Cool. That was a nice bus. I guarantee you the Timbers bus is much nicer than that. It but, doesn't matter. You shouldn't have to take a bus. You're a professional sports team. Again, you get to take a bus. If you can take a bus in luxury, it's not that bad. You get to take a bus. That's ah, not so bad. Here's here's how the attendance figures look, and that's why this is why that 53,000 number is important. 53,002 is the average attendance for the Atlanta United FC. That stands for football club. Great. For Major League Soccer. 
Why don't they just call it the, the soccer team? That's what I'm saying. The club. Yeah, the, it's a football club. That Again, they adopt so many things that are so stupid to me. Uh, but uh, Seattle Sounders, 40,641 is their average attendance. And then it drops off drastically after that. Toronto, L.A., Minnesota, Orlando, all in the 20,000s. Uh, the, the Timbers, 21,000. So 53,000 is huge. Hmm. The Seattle Sounders do very well. They get 40,000. Everybody else in the top 10 only gets 20,000 people, 26 okay. to 21. Okay, I got a good question for you, and I want okay. to hear from the text line, 55305. That's better a you better today you today text, text line. Better you today text line. Yeah. Would you rather attend today's game, match, whatever. Match on the pitch. Sure, yes, <laughs> on the first kick, if that's what they call it. Would you rather attend that? Isn't it the kickoff? Or is it first kick? It's I don't think it's first kick. It's kickoff. Or would you rather go to a concert that featured Everclear and Limp Biscuit? <laughs> put that on. We need to put that on Twitter during the break. Limp Biscuit concert. Limp Biscuit with Everclear concert. With Everclear. Is it Everclear with Limp Biscuit or is it Limp Biscuit with Everclear? Because that's those are two different concerts. Well, that's true. And also, who's opening? Or are they well, on stage together? Yeah. Oh, uh, mashup. Yeah. Everclear Art and Limp Biscuit matchup. Mashup. Art, Art Alizakis is out there singing Nookie. Yeah. Dude, Did would up. you rather go to that or go to that Ooh. that sporting event, quote unquote? Sporting event. There's there's quite the uproar. Here's the thing that you don't know because you're not a man of the people like I am. Oh, are you? Oh, I oh, am. I'm a man of the people. I, you are the mayor was, of Clark County. Well, that's true. I don't think Clark County cares as much about the Timbers as downtown Portland does. Uh, but there's actually a fair amount of uproar. So they're expecting to sell tickets uh, have been priced as much as $400 for this match. Uh, they're expecting to sell 80,000 seats. They're expecting to have the Mercedes-Benz Dome packed, which, if the MLS is a failing, is a very good look. You have one of the most ravenous fan bases in the Portland Timbers. You have the attendance leader in the Atlanta United FC Football Club uh, Unlimited, LLC. They only allotted uh, 1,800 tickets for Timbers fans out of 80,000. Oh, they're doing us wrong. That's that's the upheaval. Oh, man, the Timbers that's, Army must be mad. That's the bee in the bonnet. Well, <sighs> well, FIFA, the very corrupt organization that runs soccer, uh, has a rule where you have to allocate at least 5% of your available seats to away fans. That would be 3,500 seats. They're only allocating this measly, this poultry uh, 1,800, I think 1,300 are available for Timbers Army. I think the other five are, like, for friends and family. Oh, my. What will those upper-middle-class white people ever do? <sighs> hey, listen. Oh, my. They can't get their seats in the Superdome. Upper-middle-class white people with dreadlocks, thank you very much. Where where will they put their, uh, where will they put their microbrews and sweaters <laughs> and scarves? There's what a- will they scream about? Hey, the Timbers fans. Will they have enough room for that big banner that they float around? Ooh, that's a very good question. Which big banner? Don't they have a bunch of big banners? They got a lot of big banners. Is that enough people to be heard singing during their sporting event? They have mm. all the songs that they coordinate. Mm-hmm. Do they have choreographed dances? Mm-mm. Help us out on the Better You Today text line 55305. Are there choreographed dance steps or stomping or clapping that go along with those songs? I got to tell you, I'm looking at the Better You Today text line, and everybody wants to go to that concert. <laughs> Everclear and uh, Limp Biscuit mashup. That would be a dope concert, dude. Dope.
Like you I, picture Fred Durst like rapping a, a verse of of uh, Santa Monica? Yeah, dude. Are you kidding me? I now I would break it. I would have some beers for that concert. Uh, I would totally do I, it. I, I'll be honest. I'm on the fence about whether I would go to the Timbers or that concert. I'm. I think I'm leaning Timbers. Are you serious? I'm considering watching it, dude. You love Everclear. I. You I, love pseudo rap alternative '90s music. Uh, yeah, but I'm I'm way True. more. Way more on the Kid Rock side of that. If it was Kid Rock and Limp Biscuit, or I'm sorry, Kid Rock and Everclear. Let me sweeten the deal for you. Cherry Pop and Daddy's opening? No. <laughs> Encore? Sublime comes out. Yeah, Sublime's dead. <laughs> Ghost Bradley of, Noel Ghost, di- Ghost of Sublime. <laughs> Bradley Noel died. He's dead. Ghost? Oh, uh, Hologram? Oh, yeah, that's right. Hologram <laughs> of Sublime comes out for... The encore. All right. We've got a Heisman Trophy presentation at some point today. We've got Army-Navy. We've got a great weekend of NFL football. And, hey, we've got the Timbers match that we won't talk about very much at all. We've got two polls on Twitter for you to play along with. If you want to start early, you can go to at CenterSaint1080 or uh, at 1080thefan.com. Get ahead of those. Uh, but we will come back and talk college football. This is a tailgate edition of the Center and the Saint right here on 1080 The Fan. All right, we're done with Timbers talk, uh, and I think that's probably good for the text line. I gotta tell you, man, like people are clamoring for this show, for this, better, for this Everclear and Limp Biscuit mashup. The, the better you today text line is not as excited as you think it is. Uh, five five three zero five. Would you rather watch the Timbers championship and you have to buy a plane ticket to go to Atlanta, or you can stay here in Portland? And go to uh, what Mississippi Studios and watch. Well, no, you, uh, Mississippi won't be uh, able oh, to handle Memorial the, Coliseum. The clamoring. <laughs> you go to the Memorial Coliseum and you get to watch uh, Everclear dual headline with Limp Biscuit, and you know that after they both play a handful of your favorites, they're coming out as a mashup. And Limp Biscuit comes on stage first, plays. Five to six songs, and then Everclear comes out and does the same thing. And then the last hour and a half of the concert is them on stage together performing their hits as mashups. And your, and you don't have to your encore is Sublime Hologram. <laughs> it's encore. No, your opening act is is uh, Sublime Hologram. You can't. Would the, would the hologram out shine the, the mashup? Yes. Oh, yeah, probably. Okay, so that's uh, those are your options. Uh, hey, today we figure out who wins the Heisman Trophy. Yay! And until last week, it's been a foregone conclusion that it would be Tua Tagovailoa. Yay! Uh, is it possible that he uh, blew his opportunity in the SEC championship oh, game? Oh, completely blew it. Blew it? Completely blew it. I don't know why people even kind of just anointed him the Heisman winner a couple weeks back because I really take into account the fact that he didn't play any fourth quarters. It wasn't a couple weeks back. It's been all season. It's been because, I mean. Well, but it, I'm saying like a couple weeks back, everybody just went, okay. Foregone conclusion. Yeah, two, two is winning this thing. And I was like, dude, that guy hasn't played in a close game. They called the LSU game a close game, but it was pretty obvious Alabama just spanked him. Yeah. I mean, that was the closest game I guess they had all year until Georgia. So if you missed what happened last week in the Georgia-Alabama game, Tua started terribly. Uh, He had two picks, one touchdown. Uh, I think he was 10 of 25 for 162 yards. I'm going off the top of my head, so if I'm wrong. Sounds right. Pretty close to that. And then he gets hurt, 
And in comes his backup, who's a 26-2 and record as a starter, Jalen Hurts, and he leads the comeback. When Tua left, they're down to Georgia, and Jalen Hurts looked like a quarterback. I mean, he went out and looked like a guy that could actually throw a football versus a running back in disguise, and he did what Tua did in replacing him in the national championship game and looked like the better quarterback, uh, certainly for that game. Kyler Murray, meanwhile, the quarterback for Oklahoma, uh, just went out and threw for 450 yards and you know continued dazzling as he has all year and looks like now he is the favorite to be the Heisman Trophy winner. It's funny how one game can flip, I think, everybody's perspective on that. Now, I would just have to say, I think Kyler Murray will win it. Uh, there has been a little bit of talk that people Will win voted. it or should win it? I think he will win it. Uh, okay. There's talk that people voted early uh, before the title game week. I, I don't think that'll really affect it because I think there are a lot of good sports writers out there that wait for the end of, you know, whatever secession of a season to actually yeah. vote. I think the bigger uh, conversation with this is... I can't really point to a good Heisman race in the past couple of years. Yeah. It's always just kind of been obvious. This is really the only one that we've had maybe in the last five years where I'm kind of like, I don't know who will win it. Lamar, I, I Jackson, Lamar Jackson felt like a little bit of a surprise. No, I, I think everybody kind of was uh, mm. was thinking Lamar Jackson would win that thing just because it, statistically he blew everybody out of the yeah, water. Yeah, but he played at Louisville. Beat Florida State. Yeah, on no, a national no, stage. no, no. They, had, they certainly had a great year. I mean, he was a deserving winner. But I thought there was. I mean, maybe that's just the most controversy that we've had. I don't know if there's a. I mean, take a look and see if we can figure out how close the votes were in some of those. But I mean, there's been some nice Heisman moments. I mean, obviously locally, the Marcus Mariota was big, but being the first, you know. Uh, well, and see the Mariota one, I I didn't think was really that. Uh, Really, that much of a race either. I felt no, like I don't everybody think it was a race. Knew. What I'm saying, though, it was a great moment. You still have yeah. these moments, I think, that mean a lot to a lot of people. Yeah. But I, I mean, there was also the surprise. Was Johnny Manziel a big surprise? I mean, he was the first freshman ever to win it. Um, but, you know, their their big moment wasn't, you know, winning the, the division or anything. It was beating Alabama. Scrolling. Scroll, scrolling, <laughs> scrolling, 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 and how's that going? Scrolling, for scrolling. Okay, here we go. So this is our. Uh, I'm just gonna go quickly through the list here. So uh, last year, Baker Mayfield. I feel like we all kind of thought he'd yep. win. Uh, Lamar Jackson. I do feel like we all kind of felt like who, Lamar. Who Jackson were the runner-ups? Do we have the runners-up on that though? Oof, I can't get okay. the runners-up on. I'll that. find. Uh, Derrick Henry in 2015, I felt like that was also kind of a gimme because nobody was really that outstanding that year. So that they gave was, it to the best guy on the best team. Yeah, that was exactly the default default Heisman Trophy for Derrick. Mariota was the same thing. Uh, I felt like, uh, yeah, I, I mean, I just kind of felt like, again, it was one of those things of he was the best guy on the best team and Alabama wasn't that great that year. I mean, they were really, really good, but they weren't overwhelmingly great. And Zeke Elliott really didn't shine until postseason. Jameis Winston won in 2013. Meh. Um, maybe Robert Griffin III back in 2011 was one of the last ones where it was kind of like, oh, that's surprising. Yeah. and Well, so here I just pulled up the five closest, the five closest Heisman races ever. And the closest was Mark Ingram uh, winning over Toby Gearhart and Colt McCoy. So hmm. that was the closest race in history. Uh, so 2009, Bo Jackson uh, winning the Heisman Trophy in 1985 is second. Uh, scrolling. Well, now a lot of people on the Better You Today text line are chiming in about Christian McCaffrey uh, that he should have 
uh, one over Derrick Henry. But, you know, the unfortunate part is that Christian McCaffrey was a white running back. So. And he played on the West Coast. Yeah. I mean, those two things, those two things. Yeah, it's a it's an insurmountable uh, challenge for Christian McCaffrey, which, by the way, out of everybody, uh, if you take a look at that race, most people turned out pretty good in the NFL. McCaffrey's yeah. doing great. Derrick Henry, this last game on Thursday night, he kind of had a coming Derrick out Henry's party. had one great game. Oh, well, <laughs> Derrick Henry's been pretty solid, though. No, he has been. Yeah. He has been. Seems to be a, it'll certainly stick in the league for a long time, especially the way he's it's kind of not used all that much. Mm. I mean, he's kind of a throwback back, so he doesn't get 20 carries a game. He's only getting 20, some, less than 20, like 17 carries a game, maybe. He's a big oh, guy. No, that's what he had. That, sorry. I think he's only getting like 10 carries a game. He's getting, he had 17 in his 238. Cause I was looking at some stats earlier this week, 17 carries and 238 yards or whatever it was on Thursday. Check night. that. He's getting eight carries a game. Is he really? No, okay. I don't know that. <laughs> uh, going from memory. Sorry. Uh, but yeah. And then the, the other three races are all, or I'm sorry, the other two races, uh, Ernie Davis in 61, Johnny Latner in 53, and then Eric Crouch in 2001. Mm. So there's not a lot of recent, at least in the, you know. Yeah, the Crouch one ever. was pretty bad, I thought. Well, there's some bad winners out there. Jason White's a terrible winner. Uh, I mean, yeah. you look at it and you go, all right, well, this guy doesn't have any pro potential. And and a lot of times when you just go, oh, well, this team's great, and he played quarterback. Uh, there's also been the big shift that you see from running backs to quarterbacks. There was a long stretch where every year it was the best running back and then it switched to best quarterback. So I think there's some kind of default awards in there. I think my favorite Heisman winner and better you today, text line five, five, three, zero five. Let us know who your favorite Heisman winner was, because I'm actually interested in this. I, I feel like the Heisman uh, in terms of who win it, who wins it, it it's kind of a special year for you. I, I don't know. In terms of college football, maybe I'm just the only one in this, but I so like vividly remember the Rose bowl with Charles Woodson in Washington yeah. state. I, I just so vividly remember it because I remember watching Charles Woodson all throughout that season and thinking, Oh my God, this is one of the most exciting football players I've ever seen. And that Rose bowl, he did not disappoint that incredible pick mm -hmm. that return for TD. I, I mean, that one just kind of is cemented in my mind. Also a little bit of news with that game was the fact that that was the last Rose bowl that was not, um, BCS. Well, was not actually sponsored like completely by oh. by a company. It was not like the Vizio Rose Bowl. It was just the Rose Bowl, and that was one of the last bowls to actually uh, hold out from having a major sponsor as a title. Fair enough. Yeah, uh, yeah. Charles Woodson uh, is certainly a guy that stands out in my mind. Does the Heisman Trophy mean all that much to you, though? Outside of that one, are there a bunch of great memories? For me, the one thing that always stands out from the ceremony is just seeing Doug Flutie standing next to Vinny Testaverde. <laughs> that's my favorite thing. You have a guy that's an absolute giant. Vinny Testaverde is a huge person, and Doug Flutie is like my size. It's true. He is large. He's, yeah, enormous. But other than that, like to me, the Heisman Trophy is maybe it's lost some of its shine uh, from, you know, days of yore, but you get to see all of these guys play so much, and you kind of make the decision who the best player is in your mind. Oftentimes, they don't even get invited. And I know there's a lot of people that are disappointed that Gardner Minshew didn't even get an invite to go and see it. And the college football awards couldn't even remember what school he went to or what the mascot of Washington state was. Um, yeah, I, I think it is pretty, I don't know. I, 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 I yo-yo back and forth with the whole Gardner Minshew thing, because I believe that it's probably right that he didn't get invited to it. If he would have won that apple cup and then would have won the yeah. Pac-12 title game, I don't see you not inviting him. That's pretty ridiculous. Uh, I don't see also Washington State not 
you know, being in that five to six range in terms of rankings or maybe even barely sneaking yeah. in. But, uh, you know, for me, the whole Heisman ceremony, I feel like has kind of lost its luster. And I feel like it lost its luster once we decided to get out of the BCS era. I am a hmm. huge proponent of bringing the BCS back. I thought it was great because it stirred enough debate in people and it created really good conversations of who you thought was really the best team. And for the most part, I thought every year they kind of got it right. Most every year. I know there were some crappy seasons. And if Notre you're a Dame, Ducks, Alabama. Yeah. And if you're a Ducks fan, you can go all the way back to, you know, your game with Colorado at the Fiesta Bowl, which was a <laughs> joke. But uh, I feel like most of the time they really got it right. And it made the New Year's Day Bowls mean more. See, what I would what I would suggest is even go back further than that. The the problem that the BCS created and the reason it had to evolve into the playoff is you were playing a championship game. So therefore you already made the other games relevant. I just said the only reason I might watch the Timbers game is because it's a winner take all game. That's fine because you played a tournament to get there. The problem with college football is that there's not really a way to do that. There's too many teams. Why not just play the New Year's Six Bowls and just pick a winner at the end? Go back to split championships. That doesn't bother me as much as you just you render all of these other games useless. We found out that Will Greer's not going to play in the Camping World Bowl today because he might be a second-round pick in the NFL. Well, uh. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> because you know that no matter what bowl game you play in, you're, you go, well, we're not playing for a championship, and then people can, can opt out. And we'll go Ooh, through the list later in the show. Good on you, Will Greer. Yeah. Don't want to mess up that illustrious pro career you'll definitely have but my thought is if you're not going to go forward far enough and make the college football playoff eight or 16 and make it so it's more inclusive just scrap the whole thing go back where you play all the major bowl games and go ah, you know i'm gonna pick oregon i'm yeah. gonna take i'm gonna take u-dub as a chief i'm gonna take alabama i thought they were the best team all year if, if you're not gonna have a system that is inclusive enough to have a real tournament for the winner just go back to how it used to be, where every game did matter because you still had a shot at a national title. If Alabama doesn't win in their bowl game, then you can win a national championship because you might be the best team left standing. I think the kind and of, bring back the crystal football. That new trophy sucks. I think the kind of frustrations that a lot of people have with what the BCS was is uh, you could point back to games like the 2005 Rose Bowl, even though it was in a complete classic with Texas and Michigan, which the next year with SC and Texas was even better. But yep. Uh, you have situations where you point to that where USC played in the Orange Bowl against Oklahoma and just spanked them like it was not even close. And you go, uh, yeah, we should have had back-to-back -back years with Texas and SC. Yeah. And why wasn't there a Pac-12 or at that time Pac-10 team in the Rose Bowl? And so people kind of get mad about that sort of thing. But it also creates really awesome situations where you have a team like Boise State play Oklahoma. Yeah. And you have arguably one of the best college football games of all time. I enjoyed the BCS. How mad would you be if they if they announced a split championship this season after this college football season? And like, I don't know. It doesn't really matter. No. Yeah. See, that's how I am too. Gary right. uh, Beban was the worst. Uh... <laughs> I saw that on the Better yeah. You Today text line. Uh, Tim yeah. Brown, Reggie Bush. We got some Reggie Bush ones. Well, uh, Reggie Bush is not a Heisman winner, by the way. Yeah, he that was uh, stripped. That yeah. actually didn't happen, and I believe that uh, trophy has been melted down uh, to make nails for uh, for carpentry. I thought they melted it down to uh, seal O.J. Simpson in his house. That's exactly There you go. Perfect. The, that Heisman Trophy still stands, by the way.
<laughs> that one has not been taken back uh, by NCAA football. Uh, hey, we're going to take a look at our polls. You can do the same by going on to Twitter uh, at Center Saint 1080 and play along uh, at home. Uh, we will reveal what those polls are when we return. But first, we need to do the news. Quick side note. Did you uh, see that Columbia Sports Lawyer released Star Wars parkas? No, I did not. Yeah. They released these uh, parkas that were apparently like the Empire Crew parka, something that's like from the movie, one of the originals. Empire Strikes Back. Uh, yeah. And they have the big snow scene. That's right. And um, <laughs> these things, people bought them for $500 and then went on eBay like two minutes later and sold them for $1,500. Jeez. <laughs> oh, yeah. Kind of ridiculous. They don't even look. Yeah, I mean, they look a little bit like it, yeah. And I was following it on Twitter. There was people, like, from around the country that were flying in because they were released here. You know, yeah. Columbia Sportswear is based here. And uh, I was like, dude, you would fly in just for that kind of jacket? People are insane about Star Wars. Uh, my wife has a friend, uh, and we were over at their house, and her, her husband had to show me his Star Wars room. Gosh. Yeah. You mean he had to or like you walked by it and no, he no, thought no. you noticed it and he was like, oh, uh, did you want to see what's in there? <laughs> My name is Luke. People that love Star Wars love my name. Well, oh, you probably love Star Wars. Meh. You should check out my Star Wars room. Uh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's a thing. That's a thing that happened. Hey, uh, quick, quick, quick announcement. What? Uh, anybody that uh, is a fan of the fan and a fan of golf may know that we have the 1080 The Fan VIP golf card that we do every year. Well, this year it's on sale ahead of Christmas. You can go to portlandperks.com right now. Three options for you. We've got a Southwest Washington card. You can play Elk Ridge, Skamania Lodge, Camas uh, Meadows, Loose River, and the Cedars on Salmon Creek, or an Oregon card, Forest Hills, Meriwether National, Charbonneau, uh, Mount Hood, Oregon Resort, Mountain View Golf Course and Stone Creek Golf Club. You get one round at each of those courses. $75 for the Southwest Washington card. $85 for the six courses in Oregon. Or for just $149, you can get all 11 courses. That's 11 rounds of golf for less than $12 a round by going to portlandperks.com right now. There are limited supplies. So you have to get them fast. So if you've got somebody on your Christmas list, it'll fit right in their stocking. Cool. Will Darkens, what are our polls that we have for our fine listeners today? Now, we have two polls. One of them uh, just kind of harkens back to you and I, the idea that we love to watch movies on uh, antiquated devices or in uh, antiquated uh, media styles. So the question is, which movie would you rather watch during this dreary cold weekend? Uh, 11% of you say Scarface on TNT. Uh, we have 23% of you who say The Godfather on Laserdisc. And 31% of you say Casino on DVD. And then uh, 35% so far say Goodfellas on VHS. So this came up because we were watching clips from uh, Casino. Uh, and you had um, you just purchased Casino on DVD. Uh, a couple weeks back, yeah. yeah. Just a couple weeks ago. And I said that I may still have Goodfellas on VHS. Well, the reason I got around. it on DVD is because I like, well, Casino is one of those movies where I kind of just like to watch it from time to time. Sure. And the only time it's really on is on TV when I can't, you know, hear the curse words or Joe Pesci say like half his lines. 
the other thing is it's really spotty on being on Netflix and Hulu. Sometimes it's on there, sometimes yeah. it's not. Yeah. So I had to get me my my casino. You fraggle rock, you that you called my friend a fruit? <laughs> um, and uh, what is our other uh, poll that you've got going on today? Other poll up, which condiment would make the worst shot? Taking a shot of it. Uh, 9% of you say sriracha mayonnaise. 11% say a large relish packet. Uh, 26% say creamy horseradish. And 54%... Uh, conclude that warm tartar sauce would make a terrible shot, uh, which I I kind of agree. I think the the large relish packet would make me vom. That disgusted quick. you more than I would have guessed. So this came up because you were watching the Cooking Network, yeah, and some woman was making a uh, I don't know a chutney or whatever to put on her shrimp, mm. and it disgusted you. Which I was a little shocked by. Freaking gross, dude! It was chunky, and then she took her little her little uh, wooden spoon and started sipping on it. And she was old too; she had old lips. Like I don't want to see that. Were you disgusted more by the woman or the food she was preparing? It was both. It was a combination of both. Code red. I didn't want to he- see it. Five five three zero five is the better you dated text line. If you want to tell us what the worst condiment to eat a spoonful of or take a shot of, um, or what old gangster movie would you like to watch and what uh, device would it's you a watch? loaded question would you like to watch <laughs> that is that how it works yeah sure yeah i'd like to watch donnie brosco on the original reels on a projector i want to watch godfather 3 on my game boy advance <laughs> yeah that seems like a pretty good idea mm. all right well there you go uh those are the polls uh right now we need to get to uh Good versus evil. So we will do that uh, next. You're listening to The Sinner and the Saint on 1080 The Fan. Have you been too busy to keep up on sports this week? What has happened to the, What has happened? What has happened to the national interest? No time to form your own opinions? I stand before you here today in the midst of gnarly times. Well, no worries, brah. <laughs> Let The Sinner and the Saint shred the gnar while you just sit back and ride the wave. It's time for Good versus Evil, brought to you by the Titan of Hawaiian Restaurants, 808 on 1080 The Fan. Just because something is physically wrong with you doesn't mean there's also not something mentally, mentally wrong. Right. I don't I think agree. that anyone's ready to sort of go as far as Raymond Brothers did in saying there isn't any sort of confidence issue or mental issue going on here. And like, I, you know, what's what are the next steps for fall? I have no, no one can have any idea. This is the craziest story that I can remember in the NBA. That was guy at Starbucks who reads James Joyce novels with the hope someone will stop by and say, hey, you're reading James Joyce. You must be smart. Zach Lowe. He's talking about the mysterious case of the Yips featuring 76ers guard Markel Fultz. The 20-year-old former first-round draft pick was diagnosed with a nerve disorder this past week. He's set to miss three to six weeks, but many believe this is a career-ending situation for the troubled player. Trade talks are now being rumored with the Suns in mind. Where do you see Markel Fultz landing next year if he lands anywhere else at all? Well, I don't know why you would take the risk on it. I mean, there was some people, uh, myself included, that were a little weary of Kawhi Leonard, who had proven himself as an NBA player, but then missed most of last year with a mysterious injury that uh, apparently had been cleared by doctors. He also had a weird hand injury back in the day, so Kawhi Leonard's had some weird things, but at least he's shown that he's a 
you know, insanely talented NBA basketball player. Markel Fultz has never proven to be anything in the NBA. So I don't know why a team would take a risk on him. But if there's no money involved, I mean, he's not you're not going to pay him anything. So G League. I don't know. I, I would kind of think that you could take a risk on a guy like this because there's not a lot that you'd have to give up. I well, mean, yeah. for the 76ers, really the only thing you'd have to ask for is a very, very, well, a late draft pick, maybe, or some cash and a, a veteran. Like, you know, for the most part, really anything, anything's better than Markel Fultz right now. Well, no, I understand that. But yeah. if you're another team, I mean, I guess you take the, the potential. If you're, if you're Phoenix, Phoenix maybe seems like the perfect landing spot because they have nothing to lose. I mean, if, sure, if he's a bust. You want to throw, you want to throw gasoline on the fire? Well, I mean, that's, that's kind of the idea. If you're going to get a turnaround, you need to do something. So why not get a guy that has upside? And if he does recover and play well, then, hey, at least you've got, you know, something and right now you've got basically nothing. I felt like a good place for him, honestly, might be the Lakers. Sure. Because for him, he could just sit out another year and learn under LeBron and some of those veteran well, that, guys. And, but that's kind know. of why I say G League is any team can take him and not use him, right? Like you, you, if you own his rights, you can let him go wherever and play. And the G League might be the perfect spot for him because just let him figure out what's wrong. Maybe it's, it's nerve damage that ends his career and you didn't lose anything. Maybe it's something that he can overcome and get back to be, I mean, even if he ends up being an average player and you spent nothing to get him, great. But, I mean, there, there's always been, a, I think, a great deal of accountability um, under Mike's program for the last 13 years. Um, there's consequences for actions that are uh, outside of what's in the best interest of the team. That was absent human being Aaron Rodgers. He got some great news this last weekend after the Packers lost to the Cardinals for really no good reason. Green Bay fired head coach Mike McCarthy after 13 seasons and one Super Bowl victory. Rumors immediately indicated Rodgers was the impetus for firing the head coach. This notion seemed a little bit more valid after uh, reports say that players gave McCarthy a standing ovation during his last meeting. Rodgers is 35 and interim head coach Joe Philbin is not really the answer. Who do you see taking the next head coaching gig in Green Bay? I always hate these questions because I don't know who the star coordinators are across the league, right? I mean, who are the guys? Kyle Shanahan was for a little while. Matt Nagy seems to be a great hire for Chicago, but I didn't really have him on the radar, and I didn't have Sean McVay. I don't know that anybody saw a 31-year-old coming in and making that kind of splash, but that that that's the... That's the type of guy that I want to see go to Green Bay is somebody that's been in the NFL that has experience. Uh, if you could pry away Josh McDaniels from New England, remember he had taken the job, I guess, verbally to committed to going to Indianapolis before he backed out and Frank Reich took that spot. Is Aaron Rodgers talent enough to draw Josh McDaniels out of there? Or is there another guy that's the next Josh McDaniels? in waiting whoever uh, I, I think you go offensive and you go somebody that can help create a run game and use everything that Aaron Rodgers does for the next three four years until he retires let us not forget the horrible track record of Bill Belichick coaches and Josh McDaniel's last stint as a head coach in Denver mm -hmm. I don't know if he might be the answer now if I were the Green Bay Packers I would start to introduce Aaron Rodgers to the prospects and see if they gel. Yeah. I, I know you're not crazy about the idea, but seriously, man, if you oh, can get Lincoln Riley out of Oklahoma and set up. Yeah, a, then maybe, maybe Aaron Rodgers can win a Heisman Trophy. 
like, oh, God. Yeah, well, but why take? Why would you? I don't know why you would go and take a college coach when there, there's few people that understand NFL, the NFL offense, because better the than NFL Aaron landscape in terms of offense is changing very rapidly. Mm-hmm. Aaron Rodgers is an extremely intelligent person. So is Lincoln Riley. You could have a Rams situation where you set up Lincoln Riley as the head coach slash offensive coordinator. Let somebody else handle the defense. I mean, that's pretty much what Mike McCarthy did for 13 years. Yeah. Like I said, you find the the next great young offensive mind in football, Kyle Shanahan, McVay, Matt Nagy, somebody in that mold. I don't know the names and I can't say that I do, but I think that's the way to do it where you have somebody that can collaborate with Aaron Rodgers that can help figure out how to create a run game out of the offense that's captained by one of the best quarterbacks we've ever seen and one of the worst people all right hit it can you take us through about the last 48 hours as far (laughs) as how much has changed how you're trying to get ready for this week and you know just the whole transition oh sure you you really just plug back in that was old butt fumble mark sanchez he's currently pretending to be a quarterback for the redskins washington's other two quarterbacks alex smith and colt mccoy have broken legs You're probably wondering who will back up butt fumble if, God forbid, he breaks his leg. Well, the Washington dummies have an answer for that. It's Josh Johnson. Who? If you can remember. What? Who? If you can remember, Josh Johnson was drafted in 2008 and lost each of his five starts with the Buccaneers. In 2011, it was his last snap, and Colin Kaepernick is still unemployed. True or false, Colin Kaepernick's time on the field is officially over. Yeah, it feels very much like it. I mean, the fact that Mark Sanchez is getting an opportunity ahead of him it was a pretty good indication of that. Uh, and now, I just love that at that press conference. Mark Sanchez, the first thing he says is, all right, let's go. Yeah. Well, hey, he's never lacked right, for confidence. Can you take us through? <laughs> you know, I mean. All right, let's do it. Mark, Mark, I'm in control now. Mark Sanchez is, is nothing if not uh, confident, but with, with no reason to be really. I mean, I guess he went to a couple championship games early in his career. But, uh, yeah, Colin Kaepernick, it, obviously it's it's over at this point. I mean, if you kill that many people uh, that play quarterback for your team that has a racist mascot and you're the team that can't – you just signed Reuben Foster and you can't go out on a limb to sign a guy that played in the Super Bowl, yeah, it's, it's done. Um, <laughs> I mean, I don't, I mean that, isn't that like the, the perfect scenario? Sorry, oh, I, yeah, we – I got a distracted – Better you today text on somebody she said the Blazers should take a shot on Marco Fultz. <laughs> Why not? Oh, you're not you're not you're not putting that one out, are you? Let's go for it. <laughs> yeah, let's see what happens. Yeah. Screw it, roll the dice. Roll the dice. Yeah, what are you waiting for? Alright, time for my uh, favorite story of the week, and this one comes from uh, California. Do, do you need me to comment on California? You could make me feel better. Oh, the, it's a golden state. Two nuns at a Catholic school in California were accused of stealing 500 grand in school funds and using it to go on vacation and gamble. Bank records show Sister Mary Margaret Cooper and Cooper. Sister Lana Lang of St. James Catholic School in Torrance have been embezzling from the school for the past 10 years. Cooper, who retired from the school's principal earlier this year, handled all the tuition checks and fees. She allegedly withheld some of the checks and deposited it into an account that only her and Chang knew about. <laughs> Racketeering. Wow. Well, investigators found the two gave some of the stolen money back to the school. The rest was used for their quote-unquote personal gain. 
Five hundred grand to go gambling. Holy cow! I mean, so you said over ten years, so that's still fifty grand a year. It's a pretty nice salary on top of what I assume they were already paid, or maybe they're doing it for you know the Lord. It's freaking malicious, dude. That is like planned. Ten years of going. We're just gonna save up and up and up and up and up, and we're just gonna use it on gambling and male hookers and who knows what. <laughs> male hookers. Yeah, when right. you start embezzling, embezzling from your uh, church, yes, from from the Catholic school that you work for, does it start out with you know year one, five grand, year two, ten grand? Like, <laughs> is it Ooh, is that, it something that's incremental? I don't know. Five grand is what you start with, or where do they start? Well, I think you do it the office space way if the office space scheme worked, which is oh you yeah, do, the you half take pennies. little bits. Yeah, you take very little bits and you keep testing the water to see if people notice. And so then nobody noticed, and then they got really cavalier. And you're yeah. seven, eight, nine. They were pulling down a hundred thousand. Screw 000. it. No one's on the books. Let's yeah. do this thing. God, I mean, if they haven't caught on by now. Or did they have the guilty, uh, you know, the Catholic guilt that made them get caught? You know, one of those things where like, oh, geez, Lana, we've been getting away with this far too long. Yeah, Mary Margaret, let's let's make sure we get caught. Let's go to Aruba and let's post our pictures with our male escorts uh, on the interwebs and make sure we get caught. The saddest part of this whole story, in my opinion, is that the children, if the Catholic Church wasn't known for something else. This would be a bigger story. <laughs> like the fact that this story, two nuns embezzling five, a half a million dollars to go gambling and buy menthols for all we know. That's like a, worse. That's like a tucked under story. Uh, yeah, whatever. That's uh. nothing. I mean, see some of the other stuff we're into? Uh. Yeah, this is nothing. Uh, well, that was a wonderful story. That pushed out big lips that you liked so much earlier this week. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I was re- ready for that. I had everything prepared to talk about big lips. And then oh, here, I'm sorry. Here we are. No, no. This was a better story. You're right. You did well. The unfortunate part is I can't tell if these women are hot. The I'm sorry, the nuns? Yeah, yeah. How old are the nuns? Uh, doesn't specify. Yeah. That's the crappy part. All right. Well, can uh, when 60 Minutes does the interview with them, can we have Whoopi come in and do it uh, in her sister act outfit? Oh, child. <laughs> Hold on. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to really. Well, let me see here. Sister Lana Lang. Are you doing the thing that we do every time a teacher gets arrested for uh, having relations with her Is student? she hot? Yeah. yeah. Okay, so that's what you're doing? I mean, it, I mean, seriously, though, isn't that the friggin' What? That's question? what the internet was invented for? Well, no. I mean, that's what really, you know, people are concerned about. <laughs> it's not the whole thing. Oh, my God, she had sex with a student. It's like, no. Well, is she hot? <laughs> Tell me that. Is she hot? No, she's not? All right. I don't really care. <laughs> Moving on from that, that doesn't have anything to do with my. I life. wonder if you ranked the stories that get the most publicity, and then you ranked the attractiveness of the, the woman, the woman involved. Uh, I wonder how much that does, uh, you know, create the uh, what is it, click clickbait. Now that is what made the Jody Arias story so insane. Do you do you remember Jody Arias? No. Okay, I Jody can't. Arias was this woman who like viciously murdered her boyfriend. And completely lied about it, but she was hot. Oh, my <laughs> God. Like, it makes you kind of think, like, man, would I have done it? Well, like, would I have gone through with it to get murdered by Jody Ar- or Jody Aries? But, you know, like, I'd die, but still, like, she's pretty hot. This is the time where I say that good versus evil is brought to you by our friends at 808, the Titan of Hawaiian Restaurants. 
at 50, 2454 East Burnside or 52nd and Woodstock. NFL has a big weekend. My Seahawks right now in the fifth spot in the NFC. I believe you said they would not be a playoff team. I got some crow to eat. We'll do that next. Center and Saint on 1080 The Fan.